Hey, daters. Are you sick of small talk and no date being planned? Well, I'm excited to introduce you to First Rounds on Me, a revolutionary dating app designed for modern singles who are fed up with the frustrations of today's dating scene. The app is all about actually helping you plan dates and build genuine connections. How so? Well, the only way you match with someone is by planning a date. Send a date, a time, and a location, and then the rest is up to you. Ready to go on real dates? You can get one free month of their premium subscription with code DOCTOR, D-O-C-T-O-R. Download First Rounds on Me using the link in the show notes and start building meaningful connections offline. Hello and welcome to Reimagining Love. I'm Dr. Alexandra Solomon. Relationships have the power to wound us and the power to heal us. As a clinical psychologist, author, and professor at Northwestern University, I've devoted my life to studying intimate partnerships and family dynamics. On Reimagining Love, I'm here to translate complex clinical topics into tools and takeaways that you can use in your relationships today. If you're ready to develop relational self-awareness and create vibrant and loving relationships with the people who matter most to you, you've come to the right place. I'm so glad that you're here. Welcome to another solo deep dive episode of Reimagining Love. So last month, I created two episodes about breakups. One was about getting closure after a breakup, and one was about how to cope with breakup regret. If you missed those, we have linked them in the show notes. In that breakup regret episode, I focused exclusively on how to deal with the emotions that a person feels when they start to worry that they've made a terrible mistake in breaking up with their partner. The coping strategies were individual ones, but in that episode, I promised to return to the topic of breakup regret and to talk more about the relational dynamics. What happens when you really feel like your breakup regret is evidence of a mistake and you really want to initiate contact with your ex? You really want to explore the possibilities of getting back together. So here we are in this episode and in next week's episode, we're going to look at how relational self-awareness can and in fact must guide a process of exploring a version 2.0 of your relationship. This topic is immensely complex, so I want to give you a few reminders right up top as we begin. The first reminder is I'm going to offer you some tools and frameworks as I always do, but you are going to have to take all sorts of liberties with the complexities of your situation. I want you to take what feels helpful and relevant and leave the rest of it behind for somebody else. This is true of all episodes, and I've you know, requested this of you before, but I think it's especially true in this week and next week's episode because of the really complicated nature of the topic of trying to go back to someone with whom you've experienced a breakup or potentially even a divorce. Second reminder, episodes of Reimagining Love are education, not therapy. And third reminder, it is not safe 
nor is it healthy to even consider reuniting with your ex if starting again has the potential to threaten your recovery or to put you back in a situation that is dangerous for your mental, for your physical, or for your sexual health. There are lots and lots of situations in which what you need to be doing is continuing to celebrate that you have begun to create a life for yourself outside of the relationship. And your task is to just keep going. Use the tools from last month's episode about coping with breakup regret to simply keep noticing the regret and returning again and again to that which is beautiful and bountiful in your life today. Considering a reunion with an ex is a high wire act. It is not for the faint of heart. Second chances demand relational self-awareness. Second chances require forgiveness, empathy, and intentionality. And that's because a breakup is by definition an attachment injury. It's a breach in connection. It's a choice that's made by one or both people to be apart. Not all breakups are tragic. Not all breakups are traumatic, but all breakups are, I would argue, attachment injuries in that you are separated from someone who mattered to you. Therefore, getting back together with an ex is, by definition, building a new relationship on top of an attachment injury. You are going back to the person with whom you experienced a rift. And I say that just to bring home the fact that in order to frame out a process for self-reflection and for courageous conversation, we're going to have to peel back some layers. We're going to have to go deeper than just, you know, five tips or five reminders or five behaviors, like what to do, what not to do. We're going to have to be talking about the layers that have to do with emotion and meaning and how your individual pasts are going to be activated. So if you are strongly considering dating your ex again, or if you're already beginning to restore a connection with your ex, this episode is for you. These episodes are for you, whether you were the one who ended the relationship or whether you were the one, you know, on the receiving end of the breakup. What we're going to do this week and next week is I'm going to take you through 12 questions that are designed to offer you a framework that's going to help you figure out whether and when and how to create a new relationship with an old flame. So in today's episode, I'm going to talk to you about questions number one through six, and next week we'll come back together and we will tackle questions seven through 12. And... I mean, if you know me by now, you know that rather than focusing on whether it's a good idea or a bad idea to rekindle with your ex, these episodes are going to challenge you to consider your motivation, your why, as well as your process, your how. Ideally, I want you to use these 12 questions initially to guide your self-reflection, and then I want you to use these episodes to guide curious conversation between you and your ex, who might once again become your partner. So it's a both and. These are questions that are for both your self-reflection and for dialogue. And this is essential because the process of getting back together must be relational. It must be two people doing the work of self-reflection and conversation. If a second chance or a reunion is simply one person sort of crossing their arms and tapping their foot while asking the other person a series of questions designed to see whether or not the other person has finally learned their lesson, then the second chance is an absolution 
not a reconnection. And that second chance, that reunion is being built on a foundation that is not sturdy enough. Now, hurt does not need to have been equally distributed and responsibility doesn't even have to be equally distributed. But what does need to happen is if you want your second chance to have the potential to be stronger and sturdier than the first relationship, both partners simply must be curious about their role in the relationship problems and in the demise of the relationship. Two people must be willing to look at the cycle between them rather than assigning blame and doling out forgiveness. So use these questions for both self-reflection and conversation. And as I go through the questions, I'm going to be offering suggestions and strategies. And these two episodes are going to come with a companion worksheet. But because it's a two-part series, we're going to publish the worksheet next week. So if you're a newsletter subscriber, you will receive the worksheet in your inbox next week when part two comes out. Otherwise, next week, you can head to dralexandrasolomon.com slash second chances to download it. Before we start moving through the six questions for today, I want to start us here. If you're wanting to explore rekindling with your ex, please do not say that it's because you made a terrible mistake in breaking up with your ex. In fact, I would love for you to simply strike the word mistake from your entire vocabulary. Why? One, the notion of a mistake relies on some grand and abstract ideas of right versus wrong, good versus bad, and we know that intimate relationships are far too complex for simplistic labels. Two, the notion of a mistake is predicated on the idea that we can or should have a crystal ball, that we should know before we do a thing exactly how we're going to feel after we do a thing. And that's just not, that's just not life. Yes, of course, we need to be mindful, intentional, and careful as we make decisions, especially decisions that are as big as ending a relationship. And at the same time, As Maya Angelou taught us, when you know better, you do better. You have to make space for both of those. And finally, I don't love viewing the breakup as a mistake because it puts the person who made the so-called mistake in a one-down position. If and when you approach your ex because you're experiencing breakup regret, I'm here for you being contrite. I'm here for you asking for forgiveness. I'm here for you demonstrating accountability for your actions. I'm here for you witnessing the impact of your actions. But I'm not here for groveling or begging or approaching your ex from a place of worthlessness or brokenness or shame. So that's what I worry about if we're thinking about somebody made a mistake, is that they're coming up from a place of less than. Reunions have to be relational decisions. It has to be you standing in your worth and your wholeness and you viewing your ex in their worth and their wholeness. You have to meet each other on a shared platform of curiosity and exploration. Otherwise, there's a risk, again, of seeking absolution for the mistake rather than exploration of what might be possible. Seeking absolution for your so-called mistake makes it about you. It's you seeking escape from your feelings of regret 
versus you seeking to connect with your ex and build something stronger and healthier and more viable than what you had before. I do not want your ex to feel like they're in charge of sort of waving their wand and freeing you from the prison of regret. I want your ex to have all the space and time that they might need to feel their way into A, what they want, and B, their understanding of what you want. So when you have the urge to talk about your breakup as a mistake, or frankly, anything in your life as a mistake, I have a term that I would like for you to use instead. It's a term that I heard many years ago, but I hold near and dear to my heart. It's a term that's gentler and more expansive and better suited to how we approach life and love on this show. So rather than talking about mistakes, I love talking about FGOs, effing growth opportunities, FGOs. If you're considering rekindling with your ex, I want it to be an FGO. I want it to be because you made an FGO. You created for yourself an effing growth opportunity because you learned something the hard way, the big way, the messy way. If you're considering rekindling with your ex, I want it to be because you have grown, because you understand something about yourself, something about your ex, something about your past, et cetera, et cetera. Years ago, Oprah said that the universe speaks to us. The universe tries to teach us lessons and it tries to help us grow by giving us these little bricks upside our head, you know, these little like alarm clock moments, these little bricks upside the head. And if we don't listen to the universe, when we get these bricks upside the head, we're going to get the whole brick wall crashing down on us. And for some of us, that is what our breakup ends up being. Within the relationship, perhaps you had one or lots of little bricks upside your head. You had some opportunities to pause and pivot and grow and try something different. But for whatever reason, you weren't able to make use of those opportunities at the time. Maybe because you were stubborn, (laughs) you had a hard time being humble, and or you had a hard time listening to your ex. Maybe because you had not yet addressed a deeper layer inside of yourself, like a family of origin wound or a trauma that you had yet to really turn towards and tend to. Maybe because you didn't have the bandwidth to focus on the relationship in the way that it really needed to be focused on. Maybe because you didn't have the capacity for reflection and analysis the way that you do now. And maybe because you simply didn't have the perspective that this time apart has afforded you. But the breakup then became your alarm clock moment. It was your whole brick wall crashing down. The one that launched you into a journey of relational self-awareness or the one that made you realize you've been checked out or the one that made you realize that it's time for you to take your emotional and relational health seriously. And from that place of greater awareness of yourself and your journey, from that place of expanded relational self-awareness, that's the place from which you're curious to see what might be possible, what kind of a version 2.0 you and this person might have. Do you feel like you're at a crossroads in your love life? Maybe you are sick of modern dating or wondering if the person that you're with is your person. Whatever your situation, I have the perfect podcast for you, Dateable. Dateable is your insider's look into modern dating, hosted by Julie Krafchick and Yue Shu. Julie and Yue bring a sense of humor, 
to their insightful explorations of all things dating, turning matches into actual dates, the psychology of relationships, red flags, attachment styles, and so much more. I am proud to have been a guest on their podcast three times. So if you're looking for a great starting point, check out my latest episode with them when you're ready and they're not. I'll put a link at the bottom of the show notes. Wherever you start, this podcast is going to help you feel inspired to date differently and create a love life that works for you. Subscribe to Dateable wherever you get your podcasts. So let's go through these six questions. Question number one, and remember, these are questions that as you hear them, you'll hear that it's a question that you can work with individually, and it's a question that you're going to have to work with as the two of you. Okay, question one, how will you cope with the power of refinding? So my friend, esteemed couples therapist, Esther Perel, who you may have heard on episode one of Reimagining Love, Esther Perel talks about how we bring two seemingly contradictory yearnings into our intimate relationships. We bring the yearning for safety and we bring the yearning for novelty. We want a partner who surprises us and a relationship that feels fresh and exciting on the one hand. And at the very same time, we crave security. We crave a sense that I can count on you. You have my back. Too much closeness we feel smothered and we feel bored, too much distance, we feel lonely and we feel insecure. And Esther Perel's thesis of her first book, Mating in Captivity, is this is not a problem. It's not a problem that we have competing needs in a relationship. It's a paradox, a paradox we have to sit in. Okay, so hold that in mind. Because if you and your ex are reconnecting after a period of separation, you are poised at the exact fulcrum, the exact middle place between safety and novelty. And I call that middle place, that place between I know you and I don't know you. I call that middle space, that fulcrum, that balancing point, I call that refinding. That moment of coming back together after separation is a refinding. You're refinding each other. You can feel the familiarity. You know that smile. You know that they know how you like your coffee. You know to ask about how their brother's baby is doing. They know to check in on that art project that you have been so excited about. There's also novelty. You don't know all of what they've been doing in your time apart. And they don't know all of what you've been doing in your time apart, right? You don't know how they've changed. They don't know how you've changed. They have been yours, right, at one point in time. So there's that comfort, that pull of familiarity and safety, but they are also at the very same time not yours. So there's this intoxicating pull of seduction and novelty. There's powerful magic and electricity and energy at that point of refinding. And that's why I want you to go slow and to know that there's some particular energy here, some particular unique energy here, because I want you to make thoughtful choices and mindful choices. So what do you do about the power of refinding? First, as a neuropsychologist and former Reimagining Love guest expert, Dr. Dan Siegel would have you do, he would tell you to name it to frame it, right? Name the pull, name the electricity, name it to yourself, name it to a trusted friend, perhaps even name it to your ex. 
right? That process of putting words to your bodily sensations helps your rational mind kind of get a hold of those big raw emotions. Something else you can do is just go slowly. Even if the erotic tension could be cut with a knife, go slowly, contain, breathe, remind yourself you have time. There's no urgency. The last thing you could do is just add some structure. You know, resist the urge to engage in hours and hours of processing. Resist the urge to spend endless amounts of time together. Just take little bites. Dip a toe in the water and then let your body settle. Step by step. That will assure you that you're making responsive rather than reactive choices. Okay, so be mindful and measured even as you kind of delight in the pull of refinding. Question two, what is your why? I want you to get super curious about the draw of getting back together with your ex. What is your motivation? In a 2012 article in the Encyclopedia of Sciences of Learning, Feltman and Elliott define motivation as the energization and direction of behavior. In the field of psychology, we talk about two types of motivation. You can kind of break down motivation, like the urge to do something. We can break down motivation into two buckets, approach motivation and avoidance motivation. Approach motivation is about moving toward or maintaining contact with a desired stimulus. Avoidance motivation is about moving away from or maintaining distance from a desired stimulus. So here's what approach motivations might sound like as you consider getting back together with your ex. Approach motivations might sound like this. I miss this person. I believe we both have learned and grown. I like who I am with this person. We have shared values. I'm excited about what's possible here. The obstacle that was present before has been resolved or removed. In all those examples, it's you moving towards something, you moving towards your ex. So contrast those to what avoidance motivations might sound like. Avoidance motivations might sound like this. I need relief from my loneliness or grief, right? You're avoiding, you're moving away from grief. I'm having a hard time with dating. I worry my ex is going to move on and I won't. So you're moving away from this fear or this story about, you know, competition over who starts over again sooner. I feel judged or unsupported by my family or friends about being single. You're avoiding the judgment. You're moving away from the judgment or the perceptions about what it means to be a single person. I'm struggling in the relationship that I pursued after we ended. So here, the thing you're moving away from is an unsatisfactory or an unhealthy relationship that you went to after you guys broke up. I hope that you can hear the difference in those two kinds of motivations, moving towards versus moving away. Now, motivation is not an all or nothing endeavor. I think that because we're complicated creatures, we can have mixes of motivations. But ideally, I really do want you to have more approach motivation than avoidance motivation as you imagine and work towards reconciliation. My wish for you is that you have the experience of feeling okay without your ex so that rekindling with them feels like a choice rather than an effort to escape something unpleasant, undesirable, or difficult. Obviously, you maybe are not feeling 100% 
okay in your life post-breakup because then perhaps you wouldn't feel any pull to reconnect. But I want you to feel clear that you can be okay on your own so that you know you're choosing rather than seeking refuge or rescue. Approach motivations fuel a sense of pride and agency in what you are choosing, what you are going towards, what you are creating, whereas the goal of avoidance motivations is relief. If what you're wanting is relief, I worry it's going to be more of a short-term and less sustainable type of fuel. Because the bottom line is that reconnecting tends to be a marathon, not a sprint. Therefore, you need some motivation in the tank that's more long-lasting than just relief, right? Some like slow-burning fuel. You really do need to be anchored in like a felt sense that this is what you want and you are excited about it and hopeful about it and willing to dig in with patience and curiosity. Question three, to what degree have you grieved the loss of this person? A breakup is a loss, which is why you've heard me use the language of grief in both the closure episode and the breakup regret episode last month. And grief, we know, is not something that can be fixed or solved. It's something to be carried with ever more grace and ever more ease. And remember, there's grief in a breakup whether you were the lead or the follow in the breakup. So if you are considering rekindling with your ex, I want you to have grieved the loss of them before you begin with them again. And that's for a couple of different reasons. The first reason is what I just got done talking about in terms of approach versus avoidance. If you've not given yourself space and time to grieve, you might be rekindling with your ex to avoid your grief and or to rescue them from their grief. And when we attempt to bypass or avoid our feelings, they don't go away. They just morph. Your unprocessed grief about the end of the relationship will then travel with you into version 2.0 of the relationship. Unprocessed grief then might show up in the rekindled relationship as anxiety, as hypervigilance, as irritability, or as flatness and boredom. And those emotions, right, that, that set, whether it's numbness or flatness or anxiety, would live inside of you for sure. But they also then would create some tension and some negative cycles between you and your partner. The second reason I want you to let yourself grieve is because a breakup is a portal. It's an opening. It's a gateway. A breakup holds the power to take you deeply into yourself. Lots of people describe feeling cracked open by a breakup. Now listen, we for sure don't ever feel like giddy or excited about painful experiences. I'm not positing that. But at the same time, there are learning opportunities within painful experiences. We can have an experience that we never wanted, one that we would never wish on anyone else, and have that experience grow us nonetheless. Grief is synergistic, meaning that grieving the loss of this relationship very likely activates or has activated inside of you the loss of other relationships, of other places, of other experiences. I think of losses as sort of being chained together within our psyches. They're connected. They're hooked inside of us. 
I think, frankly, that's part of why a breakup is so damn hard. You are grieving the person. You are grieving the future you had imagined with this person. And as if that was not enough already, you are also grieving consciously or unconsciously every other loss you've experienced throughout your life. This means that grieving the loss of your ex also means reflecting on and honoring other experiences of loss that you survived years or maybe even decades earlier. And be clear, I'm not talking about blaming your ex for breaking up with you and therefore making you hurt all over again about whatever, the death of your father or the loss of your home country, whatever that earlier loss was. I'm not talking about that. I am just talking about noticing and validating for yourself that the loss of your relationship with your partner has tendrils that extend to and touch other losses in your life and that you deserve to have those other losses named and tended to inside of you. And finally, grieving the loss of your ex means using relational self-awareness to see if you can put your finger on exactly what was so painful for you about the breakup. And there's a way in which this seems silly, right? Like, duh, it's a breakup. Breakups hurt because they hurt. Obviously, it's painful. But if we were in a room with like 10 other people and everyone in the room was telling their breakup stories, I think what you and I would notice is that there would be differences in those stories, differences that go deeper than just the details like how long the two people were together or the sequence of events that led to the breakup or how the breakup happened, there would be differences in what the breakup meant to each of those 10 people in the room, how the breakup lives inside of each person and what part of the breakup was most painful for them. And again, although some of those deeper differences might even also be reflective of the nature of the relationship itself, I really do think some of those deeper differences would be about the terrain of each person's heart, the way in which this breakup feels like prior hurts, the way this breakup feels just like an earlier betrayal, the way this breakup has echoes of an earlier shameful experience. So there's these echoes, these resonances. So I would like for you to get in touch if you can with exactly and specifically what it was about the breakup that seemed like it was most difficult for you. Was it that you felt misunderstood? Was it that you felt alone? Was it that you felt replaceable as if you didn't matter? Was it that you felt out of control or not safe? Was it that you felt bad or rejected or not chosen? You know, those are different qualities and textures and tones of hurt. And see if you can stay with the unique strand of pain that you experienced and see if you can do a little bit of what I call ghost busting. How does this pain, the pain of feeling replaceable, for example, how does this pain echo another pain? When was another time in your life, likely when you were little, that you also felt this way? And can you reach back to that younger version of you and offer some comfort, some witnessing, some support to the you that you once were. The intention of this avenue of self-reflection is just to honor the importance of letting ourselves grieve not just this loss, 
but the way that it ties to and reflects and amplifies and reminds us of old losses. And in doing so, we give ourselves the chance to come back to the present moment as full and present and whole as we can possibly be, right? Because we've traveled a bit back to the past, we've cared for that younger version of ourselves, and we've ensured that the most adult version, the most well-resourced version, the most conscious version of ourselves is right here, right now, dealing with the possibilities of rekindling because we need to have our fullest and most present self if we're going to do the hard and delicate work of getting back together with a former partner. Question four, how have you grown during your time apart? You may have heard me say this thing (laughs) that I love to say, which is that love does not leave us where it finds us. Because the self is relational, we are changed by the experience of loving and being loved. The self is changed in the experience of loving and being loved. So how have you grown during this time apart? What do you do differently now versus before the relationship or even during the relationship? How has your thinking changed about yourself, about relationships? How do you relate to your emotions differently now than you did before? What have you learned? A breakup might teach you about the boundaries that you need in order to feel both connected and protected. A breakup might teach you about when to speak up and when to let something go. Perhaps because of the breakup, you feel better able to care for yourself. You have prioritized routines and rituals and structures for yourself. Perhaps because of the breakup, you have more compassion for people who are struggling, who don't have it all together, you know, who are also going through something difficult. Perhaps you have more compassion for those fellow travelers. Perhaps because of the breakup, you are a bit less idealistic and a little bit more realistic. But take some time to really reflect and really get clear on just exactly how you have grown during your time apart. Question five emerges from there. So question five is, what behaviors are you committed to not repeating? You know that quote that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. That quote is essential for anyone who is considering getting back together with an ex. I would argue that your biggest task, in fact, is to focus on the question, what is going to be different this time around? But (laughs) I was sneaky with you here. Rather than having you explore the question, what will be different this time around, I'm instead asking you to explore the question, what behaviors are you committed to not repeating? (laughs) And that's because I really don't want to give you any exit doors. I don't want to give you any way to focus on your ex. And if I had asked you to explore the question, what will be different this time around, you might give answers like, my ex will be more patient. My ex will be more attentive. My ex will go to therapy each week. But here's the problem. There is only one person on this earth that you can control, and that is your sweet, sweet self. So even if you desperately want and need for your ex to be more patient, more attentive, more in a therapist's office, You can't will that to happen. You can't make that happen. So I'm having you return your steady focus on yourself. What 
behaviors are you committed to not repeating? What are you going to do to invite what you want and need from your ex? What can you do about the part over which you actually have control? This question is really about inviting and challenging you to embrace your part of the relational dance. It's about taking responsibility for the role you played in the version 1.0 of the relationship, the role you played in the breakup of the relationship, and therefore the role that you can play in the reconciliation of the relationship. This is not to blame you, but instead to help you feel your power. Resisting the urge to focus on what happened to you and focusing instead on how you are going to grow from it the behaviors that you are committed to not repeating. So that might sound like, I will not dot, dot, dot. I will stop dot, dot, dot. I refuse to dot, dot, dot. And remember, and we'll talk about this in just a minute, these are also questions that I want your ex to be asking themselves. And these are questions that I want the two of you to be in dialogue about. So if you each are taking responsibility for yourselves, the dance will change. Question six, how will you ensure that you're not going to repeat those behaviors? As Aristotle said, nature abhors a vacuum. So you just got done saying what you're not going to do, what you're stopping doing, what you're refusing to do. So now let's have you take some time and really name, put out there, claim what you're going to do instead. What are your commitments? What will you do on a daily, weekly, monthly basis? What behaviors help you feel sturdy and curious and patient and wise so that you can bring that kind of goodness to the relationship? Maybe it's listening to a podcast each week, (laughs) like maybe reimagining love. Maybe it's limiting your alcohol and or drugs. Maybe it's a movement practice or exercise, not to meet an aesthetic goal or to please your partner, but so that you feel present in your body and strong and capable. Maybe it's having time each week with your friends, especially important if you're somebody who has a pattern of making the relationship the center of your world. Maybe it's raising a concern when you are a level one of upset rather than stuffing it down until you are a level 10 of upset. Maybe it's asking questions instead of making assumptions. Maybe it's staying on your medication so that you're able to bring your healthiest self to the relationship. Maybe it's apologizing more quickly and wholeheartedly and feeling so, so proud of yourself when you do. No matter what you come up with for this one, Question six, how will you ensure that you're not going to repeat those old behaviors is an opportunity for you to spell out the healthy behaviors that you want to commit to for yourself and because they would put you and your ex in a good position to create a new version of this old relationship. Before I let you go, I want to talk to you about one more thing. So I said at the top that these 12 questions, and you've got six of them now. You'll get six more of them next week. Therefore, self-reflection and therefore curious conversation. The companion worksheet will come out next week, and that worksheet is going to include all 12 of the questions 
along with some space so you can take notes about your self-reflection, so you can take notes about your dialogue. And so if you're a newsletter subscriber, you'll get that worksheet in your inbox next week. Or you can head, if you're not a newsletter subscriber, you can head to dralexandrasolomon.com slash second chances to download it. So I want to remind you of the six questions we covered today. And as I read them, I really want you to imagine talking about each of these questions with your ex. Now, if it feels impossible to imagine your ex being able to talk at all with you about any of these questions, that is data for you. Because these are the kinds of questions that you're going to need to wrestle with individually and together in order to build a 2.0 version of this relationship on solid ground versus kind of like a white knuckle, let's see if we can try it again. So here's the six questions. And again, imagine what it would be like to talk with your ex about these questions. Question one, how will you cope with the power of refinding? So as I read these now, you know, the you has become a plural you. (laughs) How will you too? Maybe I'll say it that way. How will you too cope with the power of refinding? What is your collective why, your individual and collective why? To what degree have each of you grieved the loss of the other person? Four, how have each of you grown during your time apart? Five, what behaviors are each of you committed to not repeating? Six, How are each of you going to ensure that you're not going to repeat those behaviors? So if and when you use these questions to invite a conversation, remember, it's both of you sharing your reflections on these questions. Each of you is talking about your respective motivations. Each of you is talking about your process of grieving the other. Each of you is talking about how you've grown during the time apart. Each of you is talking about the behaviors you're committed to not repeating. And each of you is talking specifically about what you're going to do to avoid repeating those old behaviors. Now, for these last two questions, the one about behaviors you're not going to repeat and what you're going to do to not repeat them, for those last two, it's especially important that you speak for yourselves. So imagine you and I are trying to explore getting back together. And you and I are using these questions to guide us. So I'm going to talk to you about the behaviors that I'm committed to not repeating. And I'm going to talk to you about how I'm going to hold myself accountable for change. And you are going to talk about the behaviors that you are committed to not repeating. And you are going to talk about how you are going to hold yourself accountable. And if you and I can stick to that, vision of dialogue, then each of us is making healthy and helpful behavior changes that are going to benefit the relationship. And we're doing that by taking responsibility for ourselves. This is a much more durable process than me talking to you about what you need to change and me talking to you about how I am going to ensure that you make this change. It's a much more durable process than you telling me what I need to change and you telling me how you're going to make gosh darn good and well sure that I change it, right? Now, 
if I want to supercharge my relational self-awareness here in my dialogue with you, I could even go to the next level and I could ask you, what are the behaviors that you would like me not to repeat? That's a brave and beautiful question for me to seek your input. What are the behaviors that you want me not to repeat so that I can be, for you, the best version of myself? What are you wanting and needing to see from me? And if you want to supercharge your relational self-awareness, you could ask me, Alexandra, what are the behaviors that you would like me not to repeat? That's brave and beautiful indeed. So that can happen, but I really want that to be an extension of a process that begins and is rooted in each person taking responsibility for their part of the dance. What are each of you committed to doing differently? Okay, well, there you have it. I am so glad that you tuned into part one of the series, I'm Thinking About Getting Back Together with My Ex. So today we talked through questions one through six, and I will be back here next week for part two so we can discuss questions seven through 12. I wish you lots and lots of luck with your exploration. And as you know, I hope you know, feedback is my love language. So I would love for you to share your ahas and insights with me. And until next time, take good care of you. Thank you for listening to our show. Our producer is Elizabeth Vogt. Our editors are Mary Chan and Katie Pagich of Organized Sound Productions. Our theme music was composed by Slade Warnkin. Reimagining Love is executive produced by me, Dr. Alexandra Solomon. Do you have a relationship question that you want answered on the show? Visit reimagininglove.com to send in a written or audio question. Questions can be about intimate partnerships, family relationships, friendships, you name it. If you're looking for more love and relationship content, you can find me on Instagram at dr.alexandra.solomon or visit my website, dralexandrasolomon.com, where you'll find my blog as well as the Intimate Relationships 101 e-course based off of the popular class I teach at Northwestern University. Thank you for listening and see you next week here on Reimagining Love.